0: Welcome to Vets to PM's Military Transition Academy podcast, the show where we discuss how to succeed in transitioning from the military service to the civilian workforce. This show and the academy it represents helps veterans transition into meaningful, lucrative post service careers. Your primary host is Eric Doc Wright, PhD, certified manager, military veteran, serial founder, best selling business author philosopher linguist and coach your other host is jeremy burdick project management professional scrum master product owner and retired air force chief and the current COO of vesta pm and the professional development unit university where we will interview veterans successful in corporate america and business to bring you nuggets of wisdom every episode to make you more successful next let's introduce today's guest I'm excited to introduce a special guest, Steve, who's the Executive Director of the Institute of Certified Professional Managers, or ICPM as you may know it. Uh, He's a proud U.S. Marine veteran and a small business owner of Superior Ventures Consulting, a business consulting firm to entrepreneurs and small business owners, and a majority owner of Silver Lining Alpaca Ranch. Steve also has been a previous owner of a computer company as well as a uh, photography company. He also has over 18 years of experience serving in sales, service, and corporate leadership positions, including marketing manager, production manager in both local and national organizations within construction industry. Steve holds a doctoral degree from the School of Business and Technology at Capella University, focused on management, decision-making, and customer satisfaction. He also holds an MBA in marketing from Davenport University and, a CM or Certified Manager Certification from ICPM. I can't wait for you to get to this episode, so I'm just going to stop it right here and we'll we'll start the conversation.
1: Hey, what is happening, everybody out there in MTA Podcast Nation? It's your favorite co-host, Batman Robin team, Jeremy Burdick or Johnny Bravo, as I like to call him. I mean, check out his bangs, right? (laughs) Look at that guy. And then (laughs) myself, Doc Wright, coming to you uh, from the Military Transition Academy podcast. So in this episode, because you all know out there, you've subscribed, you listen, you watch. We get guys and gals from corporate America or that were us, military veterans wearing the cloth and they when what they turn into the butterflies those caterpillars become man you just you can't believe well we've got one today so doc you can punch me in real life or calling you a butterfly someday but anyway you heard the introduction we're so stoked uh to have doc with us steve uh what is going on man welcome to the podcast brother
2: well thank you very much for having me it's my pleasure to be here and it's uh it's great working with you as well both of you i've had the pleasure of doing that so it's uh it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, you are welcome, my friend. So everybody, you can check out the bio, but let's just kind of, let's let's throw Doc a, uh, a slow moving pitch right over the center of the plate. So United States Marine, then he goes to business. He owns a couple of those because like one's not enough, right? He's got to <laughs> prove that he can pass the start a business test. Then he goes on to get several degrees. He, he, he culminates with a PhD in business. I mean, you know, talk about a, just talk about a giant in the arena. And now he's the executive director at the ICPM. So Steve, how in the world, brother, do you go from Marine <laughs> to that in X number of years? And then what the heck is the ICPM and why should anybody listening and care, my friend? Tell us a story. <laughs> Oh
2: man, how much time do you have when you when you you set the question like that? That's that's really asking a lot. The um, the this, this story actually begins before the Marine Corps. Before I joined the Marine Corps, um, I was one of those uh, I would call it the weirdos that kind of looked at the military. I always knew I was going to go in the military. Uh, always wanted to, but what before I did, I kind of looked at it and said, well. Even if I go through the full amount of time, even if I go through 20, 30 years in whatever branch, what are you going to do when you get out? You know, you're still going to be relatively young. So I always kind of looking at it, it's like, what MOS do I want to go into? And, you know, the Marines are very quick to take every single breathing body and throw them into the grunt. Right. I mean, become a grunt, become an O3, you know, 11. And I thought to myself, it's like, OK, that's fine. You know, that's kind of this Hollywood version of, of a perfect military but I'm like, when I get out, what am I going to be? A policeman? A security guard? And I'm like, that's not what I want. It's like, I don't want to do that. Uh, I knew I wanted to go into business. So I picked the administration. Yes, I was a Pogue. Um, I was at 0121, uh, which is an SRB service record book clerk. So I was the, the radar, you know, MASH's radar of, of the military in these in the, uh, mm-hmm. commands that I was stationed in. And Say what you will about the Pogues, I can say this from that experience, and I served six years in the Marine Corps, was that when you're a Lance Corporal, you're a Corporal, E3, E4, uh, and you're speaking to generals, and you hold the power of their service record book because it's manual entry, typewriters at that time, I mean, yes, I'm dating myself, but um, it really creates the way to use tact, conversations, things you say, how you say it, um, which has been Instrumental once I left the Marine Corps. Um, So I had the pleasure of serving in uh, Marine Corps Air Station Beaufort, South Carolina. That was my first duty station from San Diego. I was a Hollywood Marine. Some of you may know this, of those of you listening. And and, in the Marine Corps, it's always this constant battle that you have between the different Marines like, oh, you're a, you know, you're a Hollywood Marine. You went to, you know, California, or you're a PI Marine of Paris Island. And you know, which one is better? It's the only two training grounds that the Marine Corps have. So I I have one up on them. I went and became a Hollywood Marine. And my first duty station was three and a half or so miles away from Paris Island, which is where we did our training. So I'm like, no, I didn't spend 90 days on Paris Island but I was stationed there for a year and a half. So I'm well aware of what the sand fleas can do. I'm well aware of the swamp gas smell. You know, at the same time, I certainly know that I have calluses on my ears yet from the sun from California, you know, torching you and uh, the wonderful showers that you run through when you're doing your PFT. so that was, that was kind of a basis. And then getting out, uh, I was in construction for about 15 years. I, I joke with people that I can pretty much build a house, but I don't know how to pour concrete and I'm not gonna learn. I'll hire somebody to do that. Um, from there, I went into uh, self-employed. Um, when I was getting my degrees, and I should stop right there, kind of. I'm jumping around here a little bit because the story is, is, always seems to be the same. I joined the Marine Corps out of high school in my senior year. I hated school, hated it. Okay, I mean, that's not too strong of a word. I did not like it. I mean, skipped out when I could, had plenty of zero hours. We didn't have, you know, eight hours, we had zero hours. You know, you get there early in the morning if you're getting in trouble. It's like, I just didn't like it, didn't care about it. Joined the Marine Corps and figure, hey, I take classes, I can get promoted. Woo, okay, so I start taking some classes. When I get out, I continue with my degree actually end up as a faculty, which I find insanely ironic from somebody who hated school to standing in front of students and teaching them. Um, But I became self-employed in a professional photographer role. And I got that because in my studies, I was getting my MBA at the time, the senior project was to convert a business or create a new one. So create an existing business, excuse me create a new business or convert an existing one well my dad was a professional photographer for 30 plus years put us through christian school uh he had retired and i'm like yeah i'll turn it into a digital photography studio and i think i got a b minus c plus something like that on the final project and i'm like okay i can do that so i literally quit my job as a project manager at the time um Went into the business. I did that for six years, had my own studio, still have some of my own camera equipment. You can't see it, but up there, I got all kinds of cameras on the top of my bookcase over there. Um, At the same time, I was teaching as an adjunct, and the teaching went up, and I could see everyone else hiring their family and their friends. And with the advent of cell phones, Mm -hmm. you know, why hire a professional photographer? You know, My dad was used to having seniors, high school seniors spend thousands of dollars on senior pictures, okay? We can't even come close to that now. It's like, everybody has like, hey, just bring a cell phone along and you'll get everything, go to Meijer or go to wherever and get your pictures printed off and you're fine. Um, So my teaching was going up as an adjunct. I saw the business, I saw the industry and photography kind of slacking. So I jumped. I mean, I literally said, okay, we're out of here. I I became a full-time adjunct. I was teaching at three different institutions all at the same time. I was teaching about six to seven classes a semester, which is unheard of. I mean, a full-time faculty only teaches like three or four, um, but it had no benefits when you're doing that. So I was searching for a full-time position, did find one taught at a a couple of uh, very nice schools here in the state of Michigan and uh, enjoyed that up until essentially last year. Um, Last year, I was uh, offered the position as the executive director for ICPM, which is the Institute of Certified Professional Managers. Um, Six years prior to last year, I was a board member on that, okay? I received my certified management degree in 2006, um, joined the Board of Regents for the Institute, and I was on the board as a governing board for, for six years. Going on seven years, um, retired from there. Retired—it's uh, not the right word. I can't think of it. it was just just quit that, and became the executive director. And I have been here uh, officially full time since last August. Um, so it has been an incredible transition. It's certainly something uh, of all the years that I've taught marketing and management to look at it and say, "It's like I was on the board of Regents, so I'm seeing one side of the table." And now I'm as an executive director and I'm seeing the operational side of the table and trying to put those two together and then combining you know, the Marine Corps uh, you know, mantra and the things that you learn there and all the years of experience in, in business that I've kind of applied to it. And it's, it's been a challenge. I mean, it's, it's a certain, certainly a different way of looking at it, but it has been a riot. Uh, I mean, I love it uh, being able to, to kind of shape the direction Uh, listening to the board of course is what they want but kind of shape the direction fix some of the problems and it always seems like and and uh some of you might know this as well it seems like you're always putting out fires but that's okay as long as you're still as long as you're still moving forward and you got a great team uh behind you and we do uh we're building a a great team we have one right now and it'll get better so it's been great It, it really has but it's a It's a weird story to go from the Marine Corps to a photographer, to a teacher, to a self-employed business person, to now an executive director. So if you want to find a way to tie that all together, please let me know. I will put it in my bio. Uh
1: So, you know, as you're, as you're listening to Steve talk, so there's a lot of parallels between Steve and I, you know, the transition for me was, you know, I'm no spring chicken for sure, but what you heard him say is the military situational awareness. Right. My eyes and ears are up. My head's on a swivel. I'm looking for opportunities. I'm going to seize opportunities for which I have knowledge, skills, abilities. Right. And uh, an old mentor of mine told me that is the definition of luck. You're prepared when the opportunity presents, so you can chase that thing down and kill it and bring it home. Right. So, what I heard was situational awareness there. And I also heard for those of you transitioning out or already in the CivDiv with us, is you heard Steve say, learn the business. So, you develop that spidey sense, that situational awareness, that business acumen by learning the business. And he's recreated himself half a dozen times. Because once you learn to do that, hey, what do I want to do next? This thing. Okay. What what knowledge, skills, abilities can I bring? These things. Okay. What value is that going to allow me to leverage with the person I'm bringing it to? What value are they going to get? Okay. Cool. Now I can quantify what they can give me in return. All those things are kind of correlated. In my humble opinion, to result in Steve being able to pivot here, there, everywhere, like a Dr. Seuss book, if you will, and finally land at something that he's now got the helms will and he's steering this thing. I mean, Steve, what a what a great evolution story, my friend. That just too cool, too cool. Yeah, it's you know, out of the many
2: conversations that I've had with the veterans, um, I. I stress the idea, and this is something that I've taken to the classroom too as a full-time faculty. It's like so many people are so focused, uh, tunnel vision on what's happening to them at the moment. And I, I understand that, I, I get it. I mean, I'm believe me, I'm putting out fires on a daily basis. I'm focused on the here and the now as well. But if you lose sight of, or if you don't even attempt to look at what you would like to be in the future, then every day is a struggle. And don't get me wrong. You're going to have those struggles. And I certainly have. I mean, I can't claim that out of all those jobs, it was it was easy, but that's not the point. It was just, I didn't know what I wanted to be in high school other than I wanted to be a Marine. And then once I was in the Marine, I wanted to retire. And it's like, why didn't I stay for 20 years? Well, there's plenty of reasons I could go into, but I'm happy with, you know, looking back and saying, yeah, I, I can use that. I can I can take that knowledge with me it's a transferable skill which fits like you said you know doc when you think about icpm which is it's a certified management which is a general management degree which is a transferable degree it's not an hr degree it's not a a uh, project management certification which are very specific and we need them you know that's that's where i really fell in love with the idea of uh, the institute and to to kind of promote that in that way so
1: and it's you know, so yeah JB, go ahead, my friend. Well, I was just going to
0: say, and it's something that you can get rather quickly that has a long dividend payoff. Like you you understand now the vocabulary that you need to be successful in many of the other business jobs or positions that you'll be in at some point, but it doesn't take a lifetime of learning to get that quick win of a certification that's going to help. So I really think that that's um, something else that, it's really important when we talk about these certifications and transition that you don't have to look 20, 30 years down the road. You can look no. six weeks down the road, knock out a certification that's
2: going to help you for 20, 30 years down the road. Veterans have a leg up. They, they may not think so, but they really, really do. I don't care what branch you're in. Um, every branch is going to be biased towards their own service. I get that. Yeah. But you know if you're making non commissioned officer or officer and you climb that ladder and i'm specifying non commissioned officer because i think privates private first class lance corporal maybe not there's some maturity that needs to happen there but you're making a non commissioned officer you're in charge you know probably not as much as a master sergeant first you know the first sergeant nothing like that but the point is you are in charge that's a transferable skill okay i mean if if you're if you're a grunt Teaching people how to shoot better, you're like, how is that transferable if I want to, unless I want to go work on a rifle range? It's like, no, that's not the point. It's 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 the means of the training that you're doing, not the tools you're using to get the training done. And that's something that you can take wherever you go. And I really think many veterans don't think that way, which is which is sad. I wish they would. And I think you know, kind of plug you guys. I think that's where. You know the different organizations that you are working with and the veterans that you're working with really is is a service to them. And uh, it's a pleasure for me to be able to work with you in that instance as well.
1: You know, and Steve, that's why I wrote the book, the CM Prep Book, right? You can get it on Amazon. Yep. And if you're a vet, email me. I'll send you a free digital copy, right? But because A, if you're in an interview and I mentioned PL statement and you have no idea what I just said, that interview's over. Because yeah. that's, that's the scorecard. That's how you're going to be judged. Additionally, gang, what Steve said is is so important to transitioning veterans. I hear it all the time. Hey, I just ran the data center. Hey, I just ran the armory. Hey, I just ran a motor pool. Hey, I was just the guy running the gauge cow bench, you know, whatever. Okay, look, if you ran something, you had SOPs and instructions, well, that's operational management experience. Get a certified manager credential. And now to any HR hiring manager out there, your experience in the Corps, the Navy, like wherever it was, is now legitimate in their mind. They know what you did. Oh, you ran stuff. Because in the did, they don't call it leader like we do in the military, no. they call it manager. If you have specialized experience, you were the first sergeant, you were the company commander, you took care of troops, HR, or you ran projects, you were kicking in doors, you were doing security patrols, project management. Now, your specialized management, you heard Steve say it, there's general management and then there's specialized types of management IT management, yeah. quality management, HR management. Now you can go get a PMP or a PSM or an HR, uh, an APHR. And now, when you present to the CivDiv, you have literally certified your operational management experience and you've certified your specialized experience. You almost can't whiff that interview now.
2: No. Right? No, it's. You know, there's, there's a lot to be said. Um, I'm sure that, you know, any listener here that's, uh, you know, listens to the show, the, all of us here on this, this show today, And you think about the number of interviews that you've either been in or have conducted, um, skill has a lot, to, a part to play. I mean, we can talk about networking as well, which is certainly something incredibly important, knowing people and being able to, you know, get leads and referrals and so on. But when i'm looking for someone the first impression someone gets is that resume and on that resume is where you highlight and showcase the experiences that you have okay an interview is going to be able to elaborate and help you understand them a little bit better but you know the military members when they and i've seen some some veterans resumes before and i'm like wow you you really need to beef this up. There's and and I can literally give them 10, 15 different ideas just without even knowing them, other than just looking at this, going, "Hey, you're a, you're a staff sergeant in the Marine Corps. It's like you did this, this, this. I've been there. I know what you're, t- you know, what you should have done. Add that. That, that provides the door to be opened a little bit more for that veteran to to get that interview. A resume just gets you a phone call. You know, that's all you're trying to do is just get that interview where you can speak about the experiences, elaborate. Um, so yeah, yeah, like like you said, Doc, it's like getting those certifications proves. That's what that's what the CM certification does. It proves and validates the competencies of a specific thing. Uh, and that's what we do. We, the, the management competencies, you know, lead, control, organize, and plan. Um, Those four things, which are paramount to business management are involved with every single service branch the United States had. Believe me, you were ingrained and beat into that in boot camp or whatever you want to call it, any kind of training. Those four things, the military didn't call them that, but wow. They certainly trained you every single day to work as a team, to, to make sure your clothes were prepped for the next day, making sure your racks were made before you walked out the door. And, you know, the list is long. Oh, yep. wow.
0: Yeah. When you guys, when I hear you talk, I mean, I, it's some of the same language that uh, Doc uses too. <laughs> the failism that, uh, that he always teaches on is, and that's what I, I think a lot of the resumes you talk about that being your first look right the cm cert will help you hone and use the vocabulary you need to to show the management chops that you have that you put in leader everything now you can convert some of that language to hey i controlled this i organized this i you know managed i you know resourced it's just the different vocabulary that the hiring managers like you, Steve, on the other side of the desk, when you're reviewing the resume, it's like, oh, this guy knows something about his yeah. own experience or her experience. So I think that's really cool that
2: you point that out. I, I think too many people, and I'm talking about businesses, I think too many businesses today rely on this idea of, oh, you don't have a master's degree. Oh, you don't have a bachelor degree. Um, I've met a lot of people that, are incredibly book smart. They have more acronyms behind their names than I have letters in my name. Yet they can be dumber than a box of rocks because they have no experience. I mean, they're very smart. They've published you know, over and over again, but they have zero experience. It's like in my organization, I want somebody that's got the experience. I don't need somebody that knows and can memorize what another author has said. I wanna see what they have done. And again, going back to this, the military has done it, okay? So when that military member gets out, they don't have to spend multiple thousands of dollars, go into debt multiple thousands of dollars to get a degree before they can get a good job. Highlight that experience, bring it in. There are certifications, whether it's the CM, CS, or many of the other ones that Doc just mentioned a moment ago will certainly help that individual and promote themselves in the business environment for that transition, which I know that you guys are really working at. to get that that military transition which is probably some of the hardest that we see um, to go from a military structured environment to something that is very unstructured uh this can provide some benefit and and help that happen
1: and to really marry that concept um about certifications and something that steve mentioned uh, and i just want to make sure we we suss this out for you in the in uh mta podcast nation listening to this the resume gets you a call for an interview you get yourself the gig in the interview right so exactly type of caliber of ammunition gets a different target if you will and you got to know that right so what the credentials do because steve this so i would love to have you this probably a whole different podcast but the people (laughs) who want to argue that well does this cert or that cert mean you're any good? Hey, if you got a PMP, are you good project manager? That's a whole different conversation. That's not what that means at all. What it means is some organization, third party, looked at your experience and said, hey, according to us, the people who make these for a living, we say your experience qualifies for you to take an exam. Now, whether you're really good at it as a day job or not, totally different conversation. But in the minds of the hiring managers, when you present that stuff on your resume, they say, right, wrong, or indifferent. Oh, certified manager. ICPM said so. Independent third-party organization taking the risk, of putting their reputation on the line. They must have management experience. They must be legit. Same thing with the PM, degree, the credentials, the PMP, the PSM, all that stuff. So the credentials can help you codify and quantify and qualify your experience to get you into the door. And I always encourage vets, don't be cocky but be confident. You've done the stuff. Yeah. You've run the armory. You've run the missions, right? They almost should read your resume and go, there's no freaking way this cat's that good. I'm going to interview them so I can see. Because somebody said you're legit. Now I have to inter- you, uh, interview right. you for cultural fit and capability and whatever. And that's a much stronger interview for you to be in, right? So I really love that. You know, Use your resume to get the interview, use your interview to get the gig, keep that compartmentalized. And then use your ability to translate and certify that experience with the cm the pm like that stuff and it will really do wonders for us veterans when we're in the interview because what we found is you know you didn't call me a certified manager as an e6 in this in the navy out in the fleet you called me a lpo or whatever so when i present in the interview i'm kind of squeamish to to misrepresent myself or 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 mislead someone that i'm something i'm not i'm not a certified manager when really Steve, you've been in the corps. You've run businesses. You've taught business. We've—I've been in the fleet. I've run businesses. I've been at non-profit organizations. It's all the same stuff, man. It's just Mm -hmm. got different names.
2: No, you're right. It just—you know—think about all the military members that that anybody ever meet in person, and they have this chest full of ribbons, right? Okay, now. Many of the veterans that you talk to, they don't really care about them so much. They're kind of required to put them there based upon what's in their service record book and because they were awarded good conic medals, whatever. But that's a big impression. That's something that grabs someone else's attention that might not know everything about it. That's the same thing that I'm going to show on my resume. If I can put that chest full of ribbons in my resume, and maybe that chest full of ribbons and just analogy here is a CM certificate or any other form of certification. That's an eye catcher. It's different than someone else. I can have the same experiences. I can have the same rank as someone else, but what makes me different? And in our world today, in our economies, in different businesses, how do you differentiate yourself? And is this the only way? Absolutely not. But it's A-way. Um, and more ways are better than none. There I know that go. sounds kind of trite, but it's like, do something. Set yourself apart. Um, the way you look, you're, you're bearing. Military members, I can I can pick out a lot of military members just walking down the street. Now, whether it's a haircut, whether it's just the way they act, what they do or don't do. Now, I'm not right all the time. But it's still something that's setting them apart. So you already have it. Own <laughs> it. you know, Own it. Uh and, and why not? You know, there's be proud. I'm I'm insanely proud of being a Marine. It's like once a Marine, always a Marine kind of thing. It's like I'll do that till the day I die. Um, and I'll and I'll bash all the other military services all the time. They'll do the same thing to me and we'll have a great time and we'll laugh about it. And, and it's just it sets me apart. And I know that it just makes my confidence go up and maybe, like Doc said, maybe help you to be not so cocky in an in, in interview, but have that confidence. You've yeah. gone through a lot. You've gone through what most people in the civilian world had never have. So, yeah, that's great. That's great. And I, I love the fact that you
0: say it's a differentiator. What gets you promoted in service as well? So this certification isn't just for transitioning. You can do it while you're in service. Oh, Differentiate yeah. yourself from a, from a promotion board and you've got something this person doesn't have. You know, you look, we all look very similar and on paper at different stages of our careers. You know, you're an E3 and every E3 looks the same. What if that E3, E4 had a certification? That one looks different. That may look at that one a little closer. That might get the monthly award. That might get the yearly award. I might just throw a stripe at that one Uh, because they're doing something. They're proving that they want to help themselves. And that means they have initiative and initiative I can work with. You know, and that's yep. usually as a leader. That's what my, my brain goes to. Um, and then another thing you said, right? It's it's a conversation you don't have to have. I'm no. I'm, big, I'm big on saving words. If I can save <laughs> words, right, or, or a question or something else, I, I'm big on that. Like you you just saw this ribbon, your certification in, in your word, right? I don't have to ask that person, do they know what a PNL is? I don't have to ask that person, do they know what uh, organizing resources is? They at least know it. Now I got to see if they've got the experience to back it up and then can they do it and how well can they do it? I mean, that's down the road a bit, but at least I don't have to have that conversation before I interview them. I already know. So now I've got two cats side by side. This one, I know I don't have to go through and teach the vocabulary. I don't have to you know, go down to the fundamentals. I can just show them the way I do business here yeah. and know that they can handle you know, the resource and the organization, the leadership, you know, and the planning side of things. So it's really cool. I mean, I love the, uh, I love the ribbon thing. I think that's, uh that'll resound with everybody to listen to this, regardless of service.
2: Well, I don't know how they do this now. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to claim ignorance in the sense, because I got out way back when, um, in order for us to even get to the promotion board, we were required to have points. Okay. The Marine Corps revolved around points so you had to equal so many points to be eligible you have to have so much time and rank in order to go up in front of the promotion board and all of those things contributed to you being able to sit into the interview because that's that's was the interview i started taking college classes like i said before it's like but i was taking college classes like small engine repair are you kidding me? It's like, did I care about small injury report? No, I had zero interest in anything. It's like, okay, fix a lawnmower, could, whatever. Okay, but it was a class that I could take. Unfortunately, I had to go to a local school or a correspondence course at the time. Yes, I am seriously dating myself now. Um, to Take these classes, pay the college, pay someone else to do this where I'm going, well, you can spend normally Six weeks tends to be the fastest college course you can go through. Normally it's 15 weeks or you can take a certified management course, which is a fraction of the cost a uh, potentially the same amount of time. It depends on you, you know, what kind of effort you want to put into it, but cost-wise veterans don't get paid a lot of money to begin with. They don't have a lot of money. They will. they prefer to spend their money elsewhere. And if this is another one of those points that they can get at a, reasonable and relatively cheap expense. It's just one more, it's just more one positive way for the vet to say, all right, I can go to Harvard and take this class, which is going to cost me, you know, a lot of money. Or I can purchase the certification program, get taught by, you know, Doc and Jeremy and 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 other services like yours and say, hey, now I can get it in a reasonable period of time and I can get in front of that promotion board faster. Yeah, good and point. cheaper,
1: you know. And part of that too, uh, Steve. To your point is, and you mentioned this earlier. So I want to I want to back up and have you unpack this a little bit more for us, because when 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 I realized what you guys were doing over there at ICPM, I was like, wait a minute. As a business faculty back in the day, as a as a college of business chair, training other faculty how to be good faculty, uh, as a business owner, uh, it, I just realized, wow. And I think that's why the cool programs pay for this credential, right? And they mm-hmm. used to do it in the community yep. colleges. That went away because of why time constraints, money constraints, budgetary constraints, congressional process—what, like lots of reasons, right? But uh, the cools reimburse for this. You mentioned competencies, Steve. So if somebody sees if a me or a you or a Burdick sees certified manager on a veteran coming out of the service. Tell us a little bit about those competencies. Why does corporate America say, oh, he's got that, she's got that, yep, I'll put stock in it. Tell us about that.
2: Okay. So the primary competencies of any business uh, and management, if you've you've taught management, you've gone through classes on management, you're gonna hear these terms over over and over again. Lead, control, organize, and plan. Okay. Now there's other ones. There's, there's additions. There's like, sometimes there's five, sometimes there's six, but for the most part, these four have never changed from way back when. Okay. So the idea that ICPM and the certified management certification is really focusing on is to not to teach you those. Okay. That's not what the CM does. Okay. Okay. And and that we're very, very specific about that. We're not teaching you what leading means. We're not teaching you what organizing means. You should know that by now. The idea of validation is to say, look, we have this manager, say I'm IBM, right? I have this manager that has been a manager for 10 years and uh, we wanna put him through and get him certified. Or this manager comes to me and says, I wanna become certified through ICPM. And i look at that and say, okay, going to go through you're going to pay x amount of dollars to get through the program get the certification what's its value and the value is this and and i use this i don't want to call it an argument i use this analogy when when people ask me what is this and and i think that that's essentially what you just asked me what's the point so here's the thing every april we are required to file our taxes with the irs yes those are the, the few certain things in life right death and taxes okay if you have multiple businesses, and I'm trying to make this a little complex, if you have multiple businesses, would you like to do your own taxes on those three or four businesses? Or would you prefer to get a CPA to help you do that? Most people are going to say, I'd rather have the CPA. And then you turn right around and you say, why? What's it, why not? I can go to a bookkeeper, right? That's half the price. And if you really think about it, a bookkeeper, do they do anything different than a CPA? no. They do the exact same thing. They have two different titles. One's a CPA, one's a bookkeeper. Okay, but why do you go to the CPA? Because that guy knows what he's talking about or that, that girl knows what she's talking about. Are you claiming the bookkeeper does not No, but I'm going to put more trust into that CPA than I do in the bookkeeper, especially if I'm giving it to the IRS. So from a general management's perspective, I have a manager or I have a CM, somebody that's certified. I'm going to look at that CM and say, that person knows those four competencies and has validated them through the examination process, through his experiences, through everything. That's how he is able to become a CM versus the one that might be slash, quote unquote, that bookkeeper yet. Is there a skill difference? No, but it's a validation of those competencies. And I'm going to go out to the world and say, I validated these things. I took an exam okay? I'm not a a, a legal student anymore. I'm a lawyer. I'm not a bookkeeper anymore. I'm a CPA. I'm not a manager anymore. I'm a certified manager. And that's the kind of the way we look at this. It's like, okay, I want to prove to the world that I know what leading means, how to do it. I want to prove to the world I know what organizing and leading and controlling and all those things do and to prove it to you. And I've done that through this examination. Doc, I think that answers your question to kind of, you know, put it in a little bit of perspective as to why, why would you get certified?
1: Yeah. And it covers down gang. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's all in the book and that's one of the things that's one of the reasons Jeremy and I talked about, Hey Eric, you should write this book. I mean, is that you get a little bit of the accounting and a little bit of the finance and a little bit of the sales and a little bit of the back operations management, and you get a little bit of the leading and you get a little bit of the HR law. I mean, you know, in the if we don't have UCMJ. Most of us are in an at-will work environment. So you boss say, hey, I need you to do this. An employee could say, nope. And you could say, I need you to do this. The employee could say, nope. And you could say, you better do it or else. The employee could say, nope, I quit. And they can walk out. Or you (laughs) could say, hey, you're fired. Okay. And then they walk out. But you still don't have the task or work done. You now have a void on the team. Like, so it's even more imperative, you know, especially in today's world, that you kind of have a frame of reference for how to manage people and teams to get things done to move organizations forward and oh by the way if you do have those skills bookkeeper and you do have some kind of competency that you've demonstrated certified manager now people are like hey if i'm looking for that i can pay you to do that Cause you have experience and credentials that say that experience is legitimate. And now you right. and I can talk about, can you do my thing specifically again, it's right. all back to that interview. It makes that interview much more focused on what are you going to do for me? And how am I going to compensate you? And less about, Hey, do we got to cover the basic blocking and tackling stuff? Right. And right. that's the place you want to be in the interview. Yeah. It's, I know we're not
2: talking about this, but I'm going to give myself a shameless plug in the sense of, when we talk about the difference between the bookkeeper and the CPA, if you're in the bookkeeper role or you wanna become the bookkeeper, I have a certified supervisor program for you, which is the entry level, okay? You're gonna learn what those four competencies are, okay? And we're gonna quiz you on it, and that's a single exam, okay? To basically say, hey, you now fully understand what lead control organizing plan are. Do you understand the concepts of management? Now, put a bunch of experience under your belt, now let's validate those competencies with CM. So we, we do have the two program offerings. If you think about it, most businesses need to be diversified in their products in order to remain relevant. And when I came on board, even as a, a board member, I'm like, wow, you got two products, that's all you got. And I'm like, you better know what you're talking about with two products, because if either one of them go bad, you, you're not recovering, you're, you're out of business, you're gone. Because the the product life cycle is always cyclical. So it's like, you better stay on top of this. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, we get the entry level to teach those. And I talk to partners. I talk to businesses and say, hey, do you have managers that you just promoted into the management role that you want to make sure that they understand what they should be doing instead of them learning bad habits from someone else? maybe they should take this this course, maybe they should become a certified supervisor. The first level of management is a supervisor anyways. Okay, you go from a supervisor, general management, CEO, into the the C-suite. So do I ever foresee C-suite level, you know, executives coming and taking the CN? No, okay, they're at the top of their game right now. What do they need a certification for, right? They're already, you know, the CEO, president. The middle and general managers, that's key, and there's a lot of those. So this again kind of goes back to it's like, hey, give them something to differentiate, but work within all levels. You know, again, providing the ability for those people to to distinguish themselves both in their own minds and in the minds of potential employers. And I think that's, I think that's what we're all trying to do. You know, we, different ways of doing it, but we're all doing the same thing.
0: Yeah. Too cool. I mean, that's, that's really good. That's, you know, it's the pyramid, right? So we're that first line supervisor, that first line manager with a little bit of experience. There's a lot of you cats out there that are in that uh, experience level. So differentiate yourself, put something on, you know, it, prove yourself that conversation again that you don't have to have. I, I, I think uh, you've really unpacked it, Steve, uh, pretty amazingly, and even more t- to a, a better degree than I even understood it before this with the fact of like, you know, you do hit on those uh, major four competencies of a manager. And then uh, Doc's book goes into a few more It's like 30 chapters of, you know, just diving into some of the subsets of those big four, So, I mean, I'm pretty confident you could probably pass either the CS or the CM with that book. And it would, and it, regardless, even if you never go take the exam, which you should, by the way, you would at least learn the vocabulary of management. Yeah. And when you're talking to somebody that's a manager, you start using the same words, right? Immediately you have that kind of bond there where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm comfortable. You know what you're talking about, I know what I'm talking about. If I was an Esquire and we're talking legal stuff, you probably yeah. you know, talk differently as a project manager. You're going to talk a little bit different. you got a different vocabulary. So learn the vocabulary of the job that you want to be in. And this is a really fast way to do it. So I yeah. really, really cool. I'm, I'm so happy that you took time out of your busy day to come join us and our listeners. Um, anything you want to throw as a last nugget to uh, to the listeners there?
2: Well, I was just going to comment on your on your question, or excuse me, your statement about acronyms. You know, I think the military is the world's greatest lover of acronyms, right? I mean, you think businesses? No, no. The military and the government are all about acronyms. They make acronyms out of things that are should be a paragraph long. Um, you're you're right. I think whatever you're doing, whatever job that you want to do if you're not trying to learn what that business is, even before you attempt to get into it, then I think you're setting yourself up for failure. You know, I'm not asking you to memorize everything. I'm We're not asking you to know everything about the industry um, or whatever job that you want to get into. But if you're serious about wanting to get into that, then you're going to learn it. You know, I think back to when I joined the Marine Corps, um, I got in more, and maybe the, our listeners can can relate to this maybe now. I got in more trouble in boot camp because I was laughing at the drill instructors, not because I wasn't doing what they were asking. You know, they, they I knew very quickly that's like this is a mind game, folks. This isn't a this isn't a physical thing. Could I do everything physically at first? Absolutely not. I mean, that's why I'm there in boot camp. That's why I'm learning and they're training me to get that. But that's because I knew it before I went in. That's because I prepared or at least had some basic knowledge about, honey, you know, I had a fiance at the time. Please do not send me any envelopes with, you know, perfume on it. That's And my wife, now my wife did, and that was a, a worst experience of my life, okay? Um, you know, you send food. It's not yours. It's going to be the entire platoon, okay? I mean, it's just little things like this that you kind of can look at beforehand before you get there. And I know I'm using a pretty silly example from way back when, but it's the same thing with a business. Learn some things before you get into it. Is the certification going to help you? Maybe. You know, a CS might help you more and the CM is going to validate, but it's just another way to make yourself stand out in that organization to get yourself promoted, help with that transition. Um, And I know that the instructor certainly helps. So organizations like yours are crucial. Because you speak the language of those veterans, you know how they act or will interact with certain things, um, and to help them achieve, you know, some of those goals, I think are great. I wish we, I actually wish we had more veterans organizations like yours that work specifically with the veterans towards the certification process. Um, as much as I would like to funnel everybody your way. <laughs> You know, we're we're all doing it for the same reason. We want those veterans to be able to transition and to grow and to to achieve something in their life uh, beyond what they already have. And this is one way.
1: Yep.
0: Sure. Hey, Doc. Any uh, pardon shots or questions for Steve before we wrap this up?
1: No, I mean, I think I think Steve's summary is amazing. And regardless of where you get it, gang, think about it. Day yesterday, you were civilian. Today, they're yelling at and screaming at you to get on the yellow footprints or the yellow line or whatever they're yelling at you and screaming at you to get in as they shave your head and do whatever else they're going to do to you. They're going to teach you what a salute is. They're going to teach you why you salute that way. They're going to teach you how to salute. They're going to teach you when to salute and who to salute and what. You don't know that before you learn that. But once you learn it, you know it forever. Same thing coming out of there in the SibDiv. If you don't know what a p statement is, you're going to hear it. And the civilians know what it is. They got five years, four years, eight years, 12 years, 20 something years on you talking about that stuff. They know what it is. If you don't, you're behind the eight ball, right? So just level set the playing field, right? And and I love what Steve said, I'm a big fan of education. Knowing how to spell something can mean a lot to the right hiring manager. However, a certification that says you know how to do it as well, that can be just as beneficial and like Steve said, it's a heck of a lot faster and it's usually a heck of a lot cheaper. I'm not saying there's not a place for both. I'm saying your different goals at different times will dictate which one of them, which target you think is 10 meters and 50 meters. That's the cerebral part. Then you can execute the plan. That's that's all I would add in closing, Jamie.
0: Yeah, and if you think about it, uh, a lot of times you take a college class to find out if you're interested in it. This is yeah. a, lot, a lot lower entry barrier right? To go find out if management is even something you want to uh, approach or attempt or or do. So uh, really cool. Um, thanks so much for having us uh, or joining us on this show. And to all the listeners out there, I know they're going to love this episode. Uh, Vets2PM.com slash CM for the certified manager. We'll get you set up. Uh, you can also go to ICPM.biz. Nope, and- dot .net. Dot .net. Okay, we, we flipped it over. All right, We did dot, change,
2: yes, please. Okay,
0: dot .net, dot .net. So there it is for, uh, to go research both certifications. See if it's something you're interested in. And you can always get Doc's uh, book digitally for free if you're a veteran. So we always uh, encourage you to come get that as well on the Vetspm.com website.
2: Awesome. Again, thank you very much for having me. It's been my pleasure. So uh, perhaps I'll be back. Who knows? I
1: We'd know, love to Thanks,
2: you. <laughs>
0: Thank you for tuning in and spending a bit of time with us at the Military Transition Academy, powered by vets to pm If we piqued your interest, but you want more details, please head over to the website Vets2PM.com and see if we can help prepare you for a better
1: tomorrow or a future meaningful and lucrative career.